Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion! With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the 8 o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show. Jay Walker in studio. Hi. College World Series set. Before we dig into the field of AJ, I do want to share my thoughts on one thing that I, I talked about a lot yesterday and then get your thoughts on it. See, the University of Tennessee was so good on the diamond this year. They were so dominant. They were a prohibitive favorite, certainly to get to the College World Series, and and you could argue to win it, even though a number one overall seed had not has not won it all since 1999. This Tennessee team just felt so dominant. They're not even going to Omaha. Mm-hmm. Lane Kiffin, by the way, trolled him yesterday. Oh, no, it was great. It was very funny. If you missed any of that, go head to ESPN Lafayette or the app and check it out. Um. I I compared them to some great teams that didn't win a championship but have never won a championship because people will point out the 07 Patriots or whatever, and it's like, no, they had already won Super Bowls, like whatever. The 82-83 Houston Cougars, five slam and jam. Houston basketball has never won at all. The 98 Minnesota Vikings, they never won a Super Bowl. The 01 Seattle Mariners, they never won. Mm-hmm. The 2022 Tennessee Volunteers. The 97-98 Utah Jazz. Now, they just they had been playing at any other time other than MJ and the Bulls. They probably would have won a title. They didn't. Now, the difference between Tennessee and those teams I mentioned is that no one really hated those teams in the moment. It wasn't like there was this... Like, I get it. Packers fans hate the Vikings, and I'm sure that there were people that didn't like the Jazz. My point was there wasn't this national animosity amongst the fans of those sport against those teams. And part of that is because I think those teams had never won it all before. Tennessee this year managed to do something that I've never seen done before. In a single season, they became the ultimate villain in a sport of people that follow the sport, even though they've never even won it all. I can't remember a team doing that. Like the Cowboys of the early nineties were, Pretty hated, Jay, by a lot, but they were so good. They were braggadocious, they were arrogant, and they just, they whooped your tail, and they won the championship. They won three in four years. Do you remember a team with no ultimate banner on the wall that says national champion that was quickly as no disgusted by, I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I think they were good for the sport, for the record. I'm not saying I like them or enjoy their antics, but I hope they're just as braggadocious next year because I heard more people talk about Tennessee this year that don't even really follow college baseball that closely because of just their... You know who they remind me of, and this doesn't have anything to do with not winning a championship, okay? They remind me of some of those Miami football teams back then. You know, it's like everybody hates you, and there's a reason to why. You know, 
I, I saw some stuff after Tennessee was eliminated, saw some stuff on, t- on social media. And, I mean, just, just drilling Tennessee. And there were some folks, and, and some of those folks were from the Baton Rouge area. And there were some folks that said, wait a minute, you know, LSU people are going to be, let me tell you what the difference is. And, there's, and it's a big difference, and it's the reason why. There are a lot of people that don't like LSU because of their fan base and, and the way their fans act. But LSU baseball always handled themselves with class on the field. Skip Burtman insisted upon it. Ten, it was Tennessee's players, not their fan base. It was their players that turned fans against them because they acted the ass constantly on a daily basis. They beat the snot out of you and then did your, did their best to rub your face in it. And that, in my opinion, is why they became as hated as they did. Because if you look at other college baseball teams that, you know, college baseball programs, wasn't because of the players, because of the fan base. Now, the Tennessee fan base is equally as bad as anybody's, but it's the players, the coaching. You know what they reminded me of? They reminded me of Mike Bollinger's 1991 baseball team at, at, at USL. You know, they were a cocky bunch. They let you know about it. And they were not a very well-liked team, Uh, around the area. Um, But they weren't nearly as bad as this bunch. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, I think that's the reason why they were so universally disliked. It's because of their antics on the field with the press, whatever it, this came down to the players and, and who are a reflection of their coach. Who's, who's an ass. Um, and then the fans just throw a little gasoline sure. on the fire. Sure. The, the Cowboys of the early 90s, their fans loved every second of the arrogance, of the dominance, sure. of all of it. Sure. Um, but, I, but I think there's a difference between professional teams that do that and college teams that do that. 100, 100%. 100%. You, to your point about the U, now, again, the U, they, they won it all. They won. They won championships. They won. Mm-hmm. Tennessee, it's like, guys, you, you – you, you won seven SEC games a few years ago. Like, you, you, you're acting like you've, you've been this dominant team for a decade. You, you haven't. No, they, they um, now, you know, make no mistake about it. They were awful good. Um, they, they're one of the, that's why I put them on a list of one of the great teams to not win at all they're, um, in any sport. And, and I don't know, you know, I don't know how much better or how much worse or what they're going to be next year. But this this was a very very talented bunch, and but wise man said, if you can go out and pitch, you got a chance, and Notre Dame did in two of the three games. You know, you, you held that team to three runs in the championship game. I am not surprised that Notre Dame scored as many runs as they did because you know now that you're in the third game. You know, you you're gonna have you got to rely a little more on your offense, mm-hmm. but Notre Dame had the pitching 
to hold them down. And that's why Notre Dame is going to be a very dangerous team in Omaha. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. One thing I want to circle back to. You really feel that way about LSU baseball fans? you think the majority of them are? Oh, I, I'm not saying, I'm not going to say the majority. I okay. think there's some loud ones on social media, and I certainly think when you add in your timeline of some UL and LSU fans going back and forth, I just, I know people that aren't LSU fans that have experienced LSU fans in Omaha and have said nothing but, but no, good things No, no, and, and you know what? Once they get to Omaha, oh, it's like, Hey, kumbaya. let's party. Kumbaya. Exactly. Right. No, 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 no. But I just, I, I, when you look, said that, I was have, like, yeah. We have all experienced LSU fans in Baton Rouge in baseball. Okay. And they can be downright ugly at times. Gotcha. And it's not all of them. It's not all of them. But, but even the ones who, who treat you okay, as soon as they feel threatened by you, it's over. Then, then they turn on you too. Now, I totally agree with the assessment of, you know, the people in Omaha, oh, yeah, come on, LSU. Sure. No, I get that. And right. Because, look, when they get there, hey, it's party time. We're going to have a good time. We're not going to worry about our competition. We're here to have a good time. But that's not the way it is over at Alex Box Stadium. And I, and I will say this. The last several times that I've gone to LSU, I have found the atmosphere to be a bit different than it was in the old Alex Box Stadium. Okay. I, 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 I can't tell you the last time that I have any that I've heard a lot of real complaints about a UL LSU game. Um, I I know that things got a little chippy with the fans during that Super Regional in 2015, um, but I, I I do think it's better. And so I you know I don't want anybody to think that I'm just getting here harping on LSU fans. But it is an intimidating place, and there, there is, there's, there's a segment. It's, sure. not, it's not all fans. It's a segment that really will make visiting there a not very good experience. Understood. I guess I was, to your point, I, I didn't have issues with LSU fans calling out Tennessee for being like, no, we're so glad you lost. Yeah. You, you're, you're flipping people yeah. off. You're pipping every home run. Your coach is yeah. bumping and, the chest and that's of the umpire. And, and, that's, and that's because the players didn't right. do that. And and I think, to your point, I hadn't even thought about it, because I uh, why they're hated, because I, I was I was saying this yesterday, had Tennessee gotten to Omaha, it would have been seven fan bases versus one. Yes. It would not have been, y'all, this is Omaha, let's... Let's just all share this together. That's exactly it, correct. It would have, it would exactly have been correct. Vols versus all. Yeah. Instead, they couldn't even get there, which is which is kind of hilarious. It it is, and at the same time, you know what? In college baseball over the last twenty years, there had the best team in the country hasn't made it to Omaha on a lot of occasions. A lot of them have made it and then not won. Right. But there gosh, I wanted to say during the super regional era from nineteen ninety nine, I want to say of the twenty three years, thirteen of those teams did not make it to Omaha, let alone win it. It was um it was it was nice seeing them lose. Now your point about not getting there or not winning at all, you're right. For some reason, this team felt different because they were that they were that dominant. dominant. Yeah. But 
there have been dominant teams plenty of times that don't win at all. There's been dominant teams plenty of times that don't even get to the last dance. And uh, this year you have eight teams. Only three of them are national seeds. Auburn is a 14. Um, A&M is a 5. A&M is a 5. And, and Texas, Texas is, a, is a 9. A, a 9. Yeah. So you got five others who weren't even hosting regionals that are in Omaha right now. Do you here's, see, here's, a, here's a little... When was the last time a team won that many games and didn't get to Omaha? The 2014 Raging Cajun baseball team. And then before that, there would be the 2000 South Carolina baseball team. Who they beat. Right. Somebody brought them up uh, the other day when I was talking about great teams that that didn't win at all. They brought up 2000 South Carolina. No, because I was thinking UL baseball yesterday because of that and because of the 2014 team. Um who lost to Ole Miss, who went to Southern Miss. And that look, that series at the old T eight years ago was very competitive, very hard fought, very good series. The one in Hattiesburg this past weekend was, wasn't that great. Ole Miss, like it must be the thing that might sting Tennessee fans the most is the juxtaposition of we have the best team ever. This is their mindset, right? Shoot, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. We have the best team ever. You're the most disappointing team in college baseball, and you may not even get into the tournament. Now, Tennessee has been eliminated, and Ole Miss, who was probably the last team in, is going to Omaha. Mike Bianco goes from, oh, he's going to be fired on the hot seat to, oh, my God, the Rebels might win it all. They were the most disappointing team in all of college baseball, Jay, but it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And now they're going to look back at this season and be like, man, Omaha. And who knows? They could win it all. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure that I would bet on Ole Miss, but they have, I think they have as good a shot as anybody over there. Well, I, I think that this is a very wide open field now. You know, I, there's something about Stanford that gives me pause. I do believe they're as talented as anybody. Um, but it's been it, it's been a long time for them. It's been over thirty years since they've won a national championship, which is kind of crazy. Um, but no, I, I think that field is pretty wide open. And look, and 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 if I were in front of a group of Ole Miss fans, I would say to them this: Before you decide to run off Mike Bianco, remember where you were as a baseball program when you took over. It was the worst job in the SEC. Bar none. Ole Miss had no baseball tradition. They had never done, they were, most years they weren't even competitive. And I remember talking to somebody that said, you know, what do you think about the Ole Miss job? And and, And my response was, you can't win there. Well, Mike Bianco has proved otherwise. I also... There's a there's a lot of Tony Robichaud in, in Mike Bianco. Now they're two totally different men, okay, and two totally different styles of coaches. But the reason that they're there is very very similar. I have a ton of respect for Mike Bianco and the job that he's done at Ole Miss and the the way that he runs his program and and the way he connects with student athletes and the way that. He, like Tony Robichaud, takes a bunch of boys and turns them into men. And so I have tremendous respect for that. 
I don't really have a dog in the hunt in this College World Series. There's nobody say, oh, gee, I'm going to root for such and such. Right, right. Because the teams that I rooted for all lost, I, except for Notre Dame, okay? so But you were rooting against Tennessee. You weren't really rooting for that's Notre correct. Dame. That's correct. Um, Notre Dame, Texas, A&M, Oklahoma, Stanford, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Auburn, I have no idea. I, I, I don't either. But I but if Ole Miss wins this thing, I ain't going to have a problem with it. I'm not going to have a problem with it at all. Um, you know, I, I don't – you know, Auburn is in the SEC, but Auburn baseball is kind of irrelevant to me. You know, they're very good, but but there's nothing that moves the needle for me about Auburn baseball one way or the other. Um, you know, A&M's a great story. That is another great fan base that's going to um, that's going to storm Omaha, and um, I wonder how them and Texans fans are going to Texas. Fans uh, yeah, how about that? And then Texas has Oklahoma there as well, so it's like <laughs> yeah. You know, I I Anarchy. I hated the fact that that East Carolina and Virginia Tech both lost. I was rooting really hard for those two schools, uh, East Carolina because they'd come so close so many times, and Virginia Tech because of John Sheff. Uh, and I was obviously rooting for Southern Miss. Uh, after that, it, it wasn't that big a deal. I mean, you know, UConn played yesterday, but I knew they weren't going to beat Stanford. Um, so I wasn't really vested in it. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm just going to have to wait and see how this how this plays out. You know, I'm. It, it's going to be it, it's going to be interesting. No, you've got. You got four from the SEC there, from the um, SEC West, which is yeah one division. A couple, a couple from the Big Twelve, one from the Pac Twelve. Who's the eighth one? Who am I missing? Um, Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame from the ACC. Eight for Omaha. It's set um, wide open field. Mm-hmm. So let's just pick someone. Why not? We're going to pick someone. Yeah, why not? I'll take Oklahoma. That's not a bad choice. Oklahoma. That is not a bad choice. I'm sweeping down the That is not a bad choice. In the wind. Um, uh, Can sure smell uh, sweet when the wind comes right behind I'm, the rain. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold my nose when I say it. I'm, I'm taking Notre Dame. Oh, we know we belong to the land. He's taking Notre Dame. All right. Notice neither of us went with it. By the way, guys, we have no idea, so don't yeah. don't don't don't, don't put have, any money based on what we said because I'll tell you what I, I wouldn't have a problem if A and M won it. Wouldn't have a problem if Notre Dame won it. Wouldn't have a problem if Ole Miss won it. The rest of them are just you know, it's Texas. Yeah, I know. It's you know, Texas. I I don't know that A and M can win it because I don't think they pitch well enough. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to see if if Ole Miss can duplicate on the bump what they did in Hattiesburg. If they do, they're going to be a very dangerous team. Ole Miss, uh, honestly, just... looking at this as analytically as possible, I like your pick. Yeah, I like your pick of Oklahoma. Oklahoma is, uh... and and look, Oklahoma last year sucked. Okay, they were like A and M. Oklahoma was not good a year ago. Uh, Georgia Southern went to Norman and took two out of three from Oklahoma a year ago. And I talked to Danny Reed, and he said, D- 
dude, they weren't very good. They are now. They are now. I, I'm thinking, I'm looking at this World Series considering we've talked a lot about the Sun Belt and what it'll look like next year, right? Mm-hmm. And the team's adding. The fact that Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC and you'd basically have like, I don't know how they're going to do the scheduling and all that, and but six teams from an SEC West, like you look at, and then softball, the final, OU Texas, I'm like, man, there are some conferences that are going to take a big step forward and there are some like CUSA that are going to take a big step backwards. I think while we do talk about the other sports and the impact, and we've done it a lot lately because of baseball, like, I mean, I'm, I am I hate to sound so stereotypical. A lot of times I am thinking about football because that's what drives it. But, God, I mean, just the World Series on the women's side and now this College World Series and and really the whole NCAA tournament and, you know, Southern Miss getting to Supers and Osset, I'm like, sheesh. I mean, this, this conference realignment, I, I think we feel like we know the impact it's having on some of these conferences, but we... Maybe maybe we're underestimating just how big of an impact it's going to be, good and bad. I, I you know, yeah, you're probably right. Um, I, I do know this, and I'm going back to baseball because that's what we've been talking about. Southern Miss has three seniors. Their top two pitchers are not draft eligible. And they're good. And they're really good. And they've got a lot of guys – who aren't, who probably aren't draft type guys who are good college baseball players. You know, they're going to be the prohibitive favorite, the prohibitive favorite in the Sunbelt Conference next year. And, and we know, and we know that the Sunbelt is going to, is now and is going to be a very good baseball league. But, but right now they're a good step and a half ahead of everybody. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket. In sports. One thing you reminded me of I want to ask you about before we get to TTT. I was talking about rivalries yesterday and the SEC's having all these discussions of how they should schedule football and kind of got into what they should do versus what they probably will do. They started talking about rivalries and how you try to keep one natural rival, but it's easy at some schools and it's harder at others. And talking about UL and someone said, what's their rival? I said, First of all, it it depends on who you ask, how old they are, and what sport they follow the most, which tells you, with that caveat, that they don't have a true arch rival. Correct. I think the conference would love it to be ULM. It ain't going to happen. I I, I agree with you. I think there is more hate for teams that they don't play all the time, certainly teams in the state and in La Tech, and you can get into other stuff and the history with McNeese, even though it's it's waned over the years as far as that goes. But it, you ask somebody who they think it is, and you could probably, we've talked about this last week in a different regard, but you could probably guess their age mm-hmm. and the sport they're most into. You are the play-by-play guy. You've seen it all. You've been doing it for years. Who's the closest thing currently to a rival? And do you think the Cajuns ever will have that one true rival that – doesn't matter what sport it is, it's it's going down. There's only one sport where the Cajuns have had a consistent rival for 30-something years, and that's South Alabama in baseball. There also has been a time, and it's kind of been bubbling under the surface the last few years, where that was pretty good basketball rivalry, too. 
Um, I think most folks would say in football, it's Arkansas State. And and it's because they're in the same division. It's because they've, they win like, you know, an equal amount of times for the most part. Um, but if, but to look to the future, I'll probably be gone by the time it really hits a fever pitch. But if you don't think that Southern Miss Louisiana rivalry is going to be intense, because look, it's going to be in baseball immediately. That's where it's heading y'all. That's where it's heading. Now, South Alabama might say the same thing, but South Alabama has Troy. It's not going to happen overnight. Nope. But I look at it as probably the best opportunity or it has the best chance to be the true rival that UL hasn't had in in many years. Uh, and as you know in hoops, right? I mean, Western Kentucky for years and they're gone, Georgia State briefly. But when it's bouncing around a lot, it's not. I mean, LSU hadn't had a true rival since a long time ago when it was Tulane. It, 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 no matter how much a conference tries to make something happen, a true rivalry is even those, even I'm sure Ohio State, Michigan, Auburn, Alabama, whatever, Stanford, Cal, if you go way back in the day, it was, it was built organically, right? A true rivalry is built organically through competitive games and fan bases, and you can't force it. You can't say, Rivalry week, or it's going down, or, well, this is our rival because they play in the state. You know it when you see it and when you feel it. You develop, your rivalries get intense when year after year after year, your team and the other team are fighting for championships. Now, if you look when... The Cajuns first joined the Sun Belt. Their rival was who? It was UNO in basketball. And why? Because Tim Floyd was sitting over there. But it didn't take long for it to morph into a rivalry with Western Kentucky. And that became particularly true in the early two thousand from the early two thousands until they left the league. Because Dennis Felton and Jesse Evans were fighting for a championship every year. It was those two and everybody else. And Western Kentucky being from Kentucky, their fans thought that it was their absolute right to own the league. Um, and, And their administration acted like it too, which added fuel to the fire. Why are the Cajuns in South Alabama such big baseball rivals? Well, predating Tony Robichaux. You know, it was South Alabama and Louisiana. And it and the rivalry only waned when they weren't good in the same year. Well, the Cajuns would be really good, South Alabama not so much, and then vice versa. And then 2015 happened. Oh, my word, Jay. And then it was like, okay, here we are. We're back. And... And then you know you when when we played them in the tournament this year there was there was a little bit of there was a little bit and and so oh my word Jay can't believe it 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 became you know Arkansas State because you were fighting for a division title every year 
or in before division, you know, fighting. But, yeah, I, I hear but, what you're saying, but I hear it. But there isn't and hasn't been a continuous rival that transcends the sports. That's it. Southern Miss is going to be that rival. An arch rival is bigger than what you just said. Because what you were saying was right as far as why those were rivalries competing for championships. An arch rival, in my mind, it doesn't even matter what the record is. It is that game every year. And and I think it's felt by both players and fans because we've talked about it with UL baseball. I mean, there were some years there where they'd play South Al, and I would I would ask you, and I didn't, you know, some of the players were like, okay. Like they didn't feel it. Now you right. asked the longtime fan, right. and they're like, bleep South Alabama. Exactly. Look at them, Jack. So yeah. it, I think an arch rivalry is felt as equally by the players as the fans because as soon as they get somewhere, it's basically, it doesn't take them long to figure and, it out. And you know what really helps to spawn that is geography. Mm-hmm. You know, it's if Louisiana Tech hadn't gotten oh. full of themselves and decided that they were just too good for everybody no and, and, then, and then, you know, then got sent all their money to travel agents while they were in the whack. And now we're in the worst G5 there's, in, there's, in, in there's, there's no question who the arch rival would be. But we haven't been in the same conference now for 20 years. I, I'm just telling you, it's three hours and 15 minutes to Hattiesburg. Which makes, geography-wise, pretty much six of one, half dozen of the other between that and Ruston. And now you're going to play these folks in all sports every year. No, it's 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 getting ready. It's getting ready to um, pop off. Pop off. This will be honestly in the future the first time that the Cajuns have had a hated rival since the McNeese days. Not going to happen overnight. And, but and, it's going to happen. And and they quit being in the same league 40 years ago. Right. Right. It won't happen overnight, but it's not going to take long. All you're going to all you're going to need is for and 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 baseball right now is going to fuel that because both programs are really good. But can you imagine if the Cajuns and Southern Miss are good in football every year? Can you imagine if they if they're if they're good in in baseball every year? Uh, you know, Southern Miss basketball hasn't been relevant in a long time, and and hopefully they'll get that up too. I um, no, it's going to be it, it, every time it's time to play. Fans are going to say, "Okay, let's rodeo." Thirty-two after the hour. I'm Scott. That's Jay. Rivalries. Some terrible tunes are unrivaled. We're not putting any of those up today because it's not a hall of fame ttt day no just some new terrible tunes to add to the catalog because up next it's terrible tuesday on espn lafayette the best ticket in sports hey this is rich eisen and you can hear me every day on espn lafayette from noon to three on the rich eisen show he still hasn't given up his dream of becoming a member of the beastie boys Mm, drop Scott Prather on The Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. It does go well with a chicken. Liquor and 
was down I drank in that legion I met a girl She was nice She was pretty and pleasing She said, hey boy We should do Welcome back Into the great Scott show It's terrible Tuesday Going back to an early era of music that I was not around for, Jay. Some of the, th- this was a very popular song. I'm sure there are people that love it. If you listen to a station that plays hit oldies, it probably comes on. Thing is, I feel like a lot of songs from like the 50s and early 60s were inappropriate. Maybe they didn't feel inappropriate at the time, but as we moved on, it was kind of like, I don't know, this is, is this, who's he singing to here? These are grown men. I don't know. It's just me. I mean, I, just, I noticed these I things. just got a grin on my face because a song has come to mind that I think I played a long time ago. Yeah, probably so. Uh, from the 60s. That, yeah. And kinda, this song kinda like, is kind of like Sweet Caroline. It is a rock ballad about a loving girlfriend. And I, I don't know that there's ever any like super specifics, but the title of the song and like you would think, you know, these, you know, Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons, how old were they in the 60s? Um, they were in their late 20s. Maybe. Okay. All right. I mean, they were teenagers. No, they weren't teenagers. And I, I generally like, you know, falsetto and stuff. And I, I do like some Beach Boy. I like when it's done right. But this song, I just, I can't do it. Uh, okay. Uh, you're, I hope you're not about to piss me off here. I might. You, because, look, there's, man. This song reached number three on the Billboard Hot 100 Okay, then that's not charts. the song. Because the one I'm thinking of went to number one. I this think. is from 1963, The Four Seasons with Candy Girl. On Terrible Tune, Tuesday. I've been a-searching all this big wide world. Now finally I've found mine. Oh, love is real. Ah, 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 
Terrible. Absolutely terrible. You know what's crazy? Frankie Valley is still performing uh, occasionally. Is he still singing that song? Uh, I don't know. But Frankie Valley's 88 years old. That's crazy. Um, I, I think when you start talking about songs about young girls in the 60s, there are a lot, a lot worse songs than that. Okay. That as far as. As far as like the content, but that one is, it, it, I find it to be somewhat on the fringe of being a little creepy. And then I just think it's also a terrible song. Well, I, and, 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 and I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm just telling you, I think that there are a lot of borderline creepier songs than that one about teenage girls in the 60s. Because for some reason, 16 was like the age. just it's creeps me out jay i understand creeps i got me you out. i got you totally understand what you just sent me oh you watch that later okay your All turn right. well i'm not i'm i'm not going to be uh i'm not going to go back nearly as far i am going to go back 20 years though it's hard to believe it's been 20 years God dang i'm old i, know, right? <laughs> I can't believe that this song came out 20 years ago this song was a little bit controversial because of the video, I mean, first of all, when when this song was released in the United States, one of the girls was 17, the other one was 18. The song actually was recorded a couple of years before that. And, and I think the video was like in between. And it was controversial because it showed the two girls kissing in the video. And it was really embraced by the gay community um, because it was it was bold and it was out there. They were a couple. No, actually they weren't. I that's what I was told twenty years ago. Okay, and, and that's where the rub comes in, okay? Because they said, No, we were never a couple. We were doing this to appeal to this group. And that, all just marketing. And, and it came up, came out about two years later when one of them got pregnant. And, and then there was this big backlash and, oh, my God, you know, you guys did this. And they said, no, guys, this, this was the marketing. We're not, we're, we're not gay women. And we were never together. But at the same time, I mean, they were 17 and 18 when this video came out. And when this song was a hit record. But they were 15 and 16 when it was recorded. They're a group out of Russia. And uh, they, they were popular in their home country for a very long time. Um, and they're, you know, in their mid-30s now and still considered to be, you know, very beautiful women in their, in their home country. I mean, you'll, you'll see them in magazines and stuff from time to time. But they, uh, I think they did five studio albums. Almost all of them were hits, either in Europe or in Russia or both. But this was their one hit in the United States. From 2002, this is All the Things She Said by Tattoo on Terrible Tune Tuesday. I 
Thank you for playing that, Jay. I, I actually really like that song. Good. I'm glad you do. And I'm glad that I don't have to. Um... You really think that's a terrible song? All the things he said, all the things he said, run it to my well, head, run it. When Come you on, sing seriously? It, when you sing it, it sounds awful. Oh, my. Gee whiz. <laughs> sounds terrible trying to sing that. It's a good song. Oh, you're good. Glad you enjoyed it. There it is. Terrible Tunes. Tuesday. In the books, our last one for uh, for a little while. Jay's going to be traveling for a few weeks, and then I'll be out um, for a little while, Fourth of July holiday, things like that. So uh, if you miss some terrible tunes, you know what? Make it a TTT summer. Go out, find a few terrible ones, and celebrate the awful music that helped make the music industry. And helped make this radio show. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Um, what is your biggest surprise in Major League Baseball thus far? Uh, geez, that's a good question. Um, I'll, I'll say this. I really believed that the Mets were going to be good this year. I'm not sure that I thought they would be as good as they are. Uh, and so that is uh, a little bit uh, of a surprise. And doing it without the, the, the pitching that's hurt. Yeah. The players on the shelf. Right. Um, I think the White Sox have been very disappointing. Yeah. Um, they have, um, you know, that was a team that I thought before the season started was – was going to be a contender to win the World Series. Um, so I think that that, that that's There's a, a lot that's of folks a story. there that want Tony La Russa out. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, I think that's it. I think it's it's those two. The, the, the Mets, even better than advertised, 
and the White Sox very disappointing. I think I just I feel like Showalter has just done such a tremendous job. Well, and that's one of the reasons why I thought they were going to be good because they needed a guy like Buck Showalter to come in. You need a new culture. Yes, and change the culture of that franchise. And he, and there was never – now, he's going to wear out his welcome at some point in time. We he's, all know that. He's like the Tom Thibodeau of baseball managers. Like, he gets there, he runs them extremely hard, they all play tough, they have really good success, usually, like, right out the gate, and then it's strong. But, yes, at some point it, it – the, the message begins to just fall on deaf but ears. He was, but he it was, takes several he was years. the perfect hire for the Mets. And um, I'm enjoying it. No, oh, I'm sure you are. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. And I enjoyed TTT, and I enjoyed seeing you, my friend. Good to see you too, brother. All right. We'll do it again in about a month. In the meantime, enjoy your summer. Thanks. You too. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Seth Lewis, Ralph Mavro is scheduled to join us for some segments. The Dan Patrick Show is next. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.